women just bring a different sort of dynamic to and I think that's really important to have at the top. I think it makes companies better and I think we need more of it quite frankly. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Hey, Broker Nation. On this episode of the Island B Podcast, Jordan Thompson is our guest host. Jordan has been in the mortgage business for a couple of years based out of Vancouver, BC. And if you want to see someone who does a really good job of using video to interact with her audience, with her social network, Jordan has a video series that she does called The Mortgage Minute. And she's got really good traction with us. Go check her out on social media. There'll be a link in the show notes that you can check out what she's doing. Her guest is Kyra Wong. Kyra is a real dynamo in the mortgage industry. She's the founder of the Magical Unicorn Project and just a wonderful person with a ton of energy. You're going to love this episode. This episode is sponsored by Finmo. So Finmo is the fastest growing client-focused mortgage application and document collection platform. According to Phylogix, they're the fastest growing platform that they're working with. A few things I love about Finmo. First, they designed their app from the ground up with a borrower in mind, which means it's super, super simple for a borrower to interact with and to use. Uh, This reduces friction in the mortgage process. Second, they make document collection super simple so that an application is intelligent. As the person's filling out the application, the app starts to figure out, okay, is this a self-employed person? What documents am I going to need? And it'll auto-magically send the document list to the client so that it saves you a pile of time. And finally, Finmo recognized that mortgage brokers all run their businesses differently. And so they've integrated Finmo with Zapier, which means you can literally connect Finmo to almost any app and tool you can imagine. You receive a 30-day free trial. They got great customer support to help you hit the ground running. Finmo is the skip the dishes of mortgages. Check them out and check out this episode with Jordan and Kyra. Hey, Broker Nation. I'm Jordan Thompson. I'm so excited to be doing my first I Love Mortgage Brokering podcast where brokers help brokers. And today I'm so excited to be speaking with Kyra Wong. She is the district vice president of Manulife, and she has made it her mission to help brokers succeed in their businesses and in their lives. So thank you so much, Kyra, for speaking to me today. And I can't wait to share your story. Yeah, you're welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you, Jordan. So let's just get started. When did you get started in the mortgage industry? And what were you doing back then? Ah, so that's going back into the early 90s. I got my first job actually working at a mortgage company. And I was just the receptionist. I was 18 years old. I knew nothing. I moved to Vancouver from a small town. I didn't even know what a fax machine was. Uh, I used to watch the fax machine and be like, wow. And from there, I became a mortgage clerk. And to be honest with you, I used to get to put all the paychecks in the broker's boxes and I could see how much they were making. And I was like, wow, I am going to do this. So I got licensed when I was 23 and I worked as a mortgage broker for a number of years. And I think you said back then you were doing, it was in the private mortgage space. Yeah. So I actually specialized in subprime and I really love that you know, demographic, it was a challenging demographic for sure, because everyone who comes to you has been already turned down from the bank and had a number of different, you know, problems going on in their lives. But I guess I'm just one of these people. I like to solve problems. I like to help people. So I would teach them how to repair their credit so that we can get them into, you know, a bank or something the following year. And so that's what I did until 2004 when I had my first baby. Yeah. And when we were speaking offline, you said 
you know, you had a couple of, or a few actually, really bad experiences as a young adult. And that's kind of helped shape you as the resilient and super strong woman that I know today. And it also began your career path with Manulife and serving the broker industry. So are you able to tell me a little bit about those experiences? Because they seem to really have, you know, propelled you onto the mission that you're on today. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, listen, (laughs) I think everybody goes through tough things in their life and we really, we can't control what happens to us, but we can definitely control how we respond to the what happens to us. And so there's really only two choices. You can take adversity and become bitter or you can take adversity and become better. And so I just choose the latter. Like I always have been one of these people who I thought, okay, I'm getting a lemon here and I'm not going to suck on it. I'm going to mix it with water and sugar and make some magical lemonade. And so really, I mean, yeah, I have a long kind of history of going through a number of dark storms and then coming through them and trusting that the rainbow is on the other side. And it always has been, right? So I've used those experiences in my life. Honestly, it's made me so much stronger. Like I don't regret any of it because I wouldn't be who I am today and doing what I'm doing today if I hadn't been through those experiences. So I've just taken the adversity. Actually, I'm wearing a shirt right now. I don't know if you can see it, but Sparkle Squad! And the A in Sparkle. (laughs) I've got my own philosophy for living life with higher consciousness and awareness. And I call it, I refer to it as Sparkle. And that was inspired by Robin Sharma and Darren Hardy. But the A in Sparkle is for adversity. Accept adversity and use it as a platform to advance upon even bigger opportunities. And that's what I do with adversity. It doesn't mean that it's easy to go through it, but I I always recognize there's an opportunity in there. And it's just a challenge for me to find out what that opportunity is and then leverage it. And so there you have it. It's one of my secrets to success. (laughs) And that's why we're talking today, because you have a lot of secrets to success. And like you're saying, you know, adversity often holds us down and we have this negative mindset and we really need to turn that around and have a growth mindset which I love about you. So you're really inspirational and you have that very ambitious mindset that I think we can all use to bring us more abundance and just happiness, not only in our professional, but also our personal lives. So you used a term that I really love. It's called failing forward and seeing your failures as a life lesson in the journey of getting to the right place and living the brave life. So tell me more about that. Yeah, I mean, I think in our society, we're not really taught that failure is okay, right? But anybody who's ever had massive success in their life has had a lot of failure along the way, right? But most of us walk around with a mask on and we pretend like everything's fine and we don't want to fail. We're scared to fail. But if you can actually really embrace failure and it's really not failure if you're learning from it and growing from it, right? Like if you're making the same mistake over and over and over again, that's a different thing. But if you're going out there being brave, being courageous, trying something, and then you fail, as long as you've learned something from that that you can use in your next you know, step forward, then it's actually not a failure. And I really think people need to change their mindset on this. And I've never, listen, I've done a whole lot of failing in my life, but I've never 
seen it as something that's terrible. I've actually been pretty damn proud of it because that's how I got to where I am today. And I think if people are just more honest and willing to be vulnerable and, and open and authentic about that, it's really, it helps free up other people too, right? I mean, I remember being on a stage and I love to make fun of my multiple marriages. Like that's just something I always do, right? All these years I was looking for, <laughs> all these years I was looking for Mr. Right and I should have been looking for Mr. Wong. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I remember this woman coming up to me afterwards and she said it from a really good place in her heart. She goes, oh, Kyra, she's like, you know, maybe you shouldn't tell people about like, like all that stuff because maybe, you know, people are judging you. And I just thought, you know what? It's okay if they're judging me because I'm not here to, you know, I'm just being honest and I want people to know it's okay. I think my history is about never giving up. It is about massive failures at times, but it's also about never giving up and always getting better, right? So, you know what? Hey, who cares if I've been married three times? I ended up marrying a unicorn. Like I can't get better than the husband I'm currently with. And so for me, that's a success, but I have to sort of fail my way there and learn through hard times, hard relationships. Each relationship though, I took something valuable from it, right? But then use that as part of my learning and then just never gave up and stayed really focused on what it was I was, you know, after. And I got it. And that's what happens when you're not afraid to fail and you don't look at it as a failure. You, you just look at it as a life lesson and you approach it with a growth mindset. If you do that, it's like a superpower, right? But so many people are, are just afraid, right? They're afraid. Well, yeah. And they let their failures, you know, hold them down and set them back and say, hey, you know, I keep failing. I can't do this rather than doing exactly what you're saying, which is, you know, using it as a platform to move forward from it and learning from it. And I love what you say to, you know, focus. So it's going to narrow your focus, right? Because you've already known, you learn what's not working for you, you know, and you take that and say, okay, well, that didn't work. So let's move forward. Let's try this one. Okay, well, that didn't work. So I'm going to try this one. But like you said, keeping going and keeping that focus. And I think too, for brokers, we need that in our businesses. There are, you know, lots of tough times kind of going on and some things are going to work for us and some things aren't going to work for us, but to keep going and to keep that focus and that momentum. Yeah, absolutely. So you've reached a great success now with Manulife, your district vice president, by having this great drive and lots of charisma and focus. So you said to me, you know, I had to grind through the ranks. So what did you do to grind through the ranks? What can you share with us for us out there who are grinding through those ranks ourselves? So a lot of it, and part of what I touch on within my project is just shattering through the glass of limited beliefs. And it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, a lot of people have limited beliefs, stories they tell themselves, things that quite frankly are just not true, but they limit our potential. They limit us from becoming, you know, who we're truly capable of being. And so... For me, I mean, listen, a lot of people will look at someone like me. Even when I first got hired, this is kind of a funny story. When I first got hired, the company, it wasn't at Manulife. It was an independently owned and operated company that later got acquired by Manulife. But, you know, the two women that interviewed me told me after the fact that when they saw me, they thought I was completely wrong for the job. It was like, she's too young. She's too blonde. She's too fashionista, you know, and they had this unconscious bias against me because you'll look at me and think, well, you know, she can't be smart, right? <laughs> and so anyways, I've had to, you know, deal with maybe not everybody looking at me 
physically and thinking that I'm necessarily the most capable person, right? And listen, if you absorb that stuff, you can start to believe it's true. Or you can say, no, you know what? I know I'm smart. I know I can do this and I'm going to prove it, right? So I've just always looked at everything as a challenge in life. And that was a perfect example. I mean, by the end of our interview, they were like, she's perfect. What were we thinking, right? And so you just have to have that drive and that belief in yourself. And listen, we don't always believe in ourselves. Sometimes you have to act as if. That's one of my confidence tips and one of my keynotes, right? Not fake it till you make it because you're not a fake. You are the real deal and everything you need to succeed is already in you. But sometimes you have to act as if. And listen, there's going to be lots of donkeys around you that will try to bring you down and make you feel like you can't do stuff. But that's part of what I've done is I, like I like to say, surround myself with unicorns, people who have a growth mindset, people who are positive, people who are focused on helping each other, collaboration, and people who are enthusiastic and really going for it in life, right? Like if you surround yourself with these kinds of people, It'll give you so much energy and inspiration and you'll also feel inspired to go out there and do big, courageous things, right? So in my growth journey, in my career, I always had really successful mentors around me and they were all men, just so you know, every single one of them was a man and I love me, my man. I really do. There's so many great men out there. I wouldn't be where I am today without those inspirational men around me. But as I was going through those ranks, I realized oftentimes at like board meetings or whatever, it would be me and nine other guys, right? And and so I sort of felt, I mean, I guess what can happen to us is we can sort of become <laughs> like a guy, right? Like I actually kind of feel I'm a guy on the inside and then the sparkly, like shimmery unicorn on the outside, right? And there's There's nothing wrong with having that toughness inside of you. But I think when there's more diversity at the table and definitely more women, it just brings in a different perspective and the conversation has changed to a certain extent, right? Like women, I think, tend to be a little bit more in touch with emotions, like, you know, higher maybe emotional intelligence, not to say, I mean, I am generalizing and there are men out there who are super high when it comes to emotional intelligence, but women just based on that gender, bring a different sort of dynamic to. And I think that's really important to have at the top. I think it makes companies better. And I think we need more of it, quite frankly. So that was one of the things that struck me as I was kind of going up the ranks. And I'm not going to say I was necessarily bothered by it, but I did have a situation happen to me that bothered me at one point. Because listen, you know, as much as we have a lot of great men out there, we have men that aren't so great either. And sometimes some of the things that goes on is just really like not acceptable. But if you don't have support around you, if you're just that one voice, then you can sort of be made to feel like, "Mm, you know what, it's not a big deal card. Like, you know, quit being so, you know, insecure, just get over it or whatever the case may be. Right. And I just start to feel like, you know what, if there's more women at the table, there's probably less of that stuff too, that would go on. Right. And so My desire is to see a leveling up, if you will. Like part of the reason I started the Magical Unicorn Project is because I believe we are all one human race. Yeah, and I wanted to talk to you about that. And I just wanted to go back quickly. You were saying you had a lot of mentors in your life while you were working and they really helped you achieve that success. And I think that's so important that we do have those mentors that can help us and drawing on that. And like you said, surrounding yourself with other successful people. 
So like you said, now you've achieved the success. And I loved what you said offline. Your goal now has shifted to being impactful and making that difference. And so you started the Unicorn Project. So tell me more about that. So you started on that. Let's hear about that. Yeah. So, so in 2017, that's when I was promoted to district vice president and I had been getting, you know, recognition in the industry, showing up in CMP magazine as a woman of influence and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, I felt really uncomfortable with it because I thought, oh my God, like I, yes, I've climbed the corporate ladder, but I haven't really done anything to give back. Like I, I haven't really gotten to that spot yet. Listen, I'm a mom, all the rest of it, lots going on in my life, but I just reached this point where I really wanted to give back. And so that started in the spring of 2017. And I started thinking, okay, well, what can we do to help more women succeed? Because I'm feeling like it's pretty lonely at the top, like in terms of having other female, like I would love to have a female mentor really, but there's just not a lot of women who are up there and who are available to be mentors, or at least they haven't crossed paths with me, right? So I thought, what can we do to help encourage more women to succeed? And so I actually, my starting point with this project was actually just to address emotional glass ceilings, as I call them, which are the limited beliefs we tell ourselves, because that is an internal problem that we have the most control over, right? And And it's self-sabotaging, that's for sure. Yeah, and I don't care who you are, if you say you don't have a limited belief in you, I think almost every Everybody does, female or male, right? There's these stories, like it, whether it's something that happened to us in childhood or we've gone through a bad relationship. Like we get beat down in life, right? I mean, it's part of what happens to all of us and we're meant to grow. And so anyways, that was my starting point. And then the next thing I ended up seeing this chart in McKinsey and Company, and it just showed how few women and actually minorities get to C-suite positions in the corporate world. If you actually look at that chart, it's really disheartening because you just... At the bottom levels, everybody's sort of like all there. But then as it goes up, 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 it's like, oh, there's just like, it's basically, you know what? It's white men at the top. And I don't have nothing against white men, but I think that having more diversity, more inclusion is better for companies. I mean, listen, it's being proven that it's better for companies, right? And so I thought... I want to address that too, because we need to have more women in leadership positions and we need more diversity too at the top, not just gender, but, you know, ethnic minorities and all of it. So that was the next thing. And then I brought in social glass ceilings. And I know this can be a little bit touchy, but I think we need to have a conversation around it. And this is not to make men bad because there's so many great men out there. And I've had the privilege of being around so many of them, but I think and you call them leading men, don't you? They're supporting men. Yeah, yeah. Supporting. So I'm sorry, leading ladies, supporting men. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think when there's systemic injustice going on, it's really hard for only half of the population to address that and solve that. So I th- really think women need the support of good men out there to be like, hey, you know what? We get this and we understand you and we support you. Right. And I'll never forget this conversation you know, I had with somebody not that long ago and they said, you know, when a bunch of people are doing something bad, it feels like it's less bad, right? You just kind of get that herd mentality. Herd mentality. But if someone Mm -hmm. speaks up and says, you know what, this isn't right, then it changes things. Like it starts to change things. And uh, listen, I will say, and everybody who knows me knows I'm a huge, passionate supporter of millennials because in my experience, they are the most 
socially conscious and aware, and as it should be, really, right? We should be getting better with each generation. But they sort of understand organically that a lot of this stuff just like, yeah, of course, like, you know, this is acceptable and this isn't acceptable. And it's so much easier to have a conversation with them around that. So this isn't about making men bad. And listen, everybody makes mistakes, but this is about talking about these things because they do a lot of these things really impact women in a negative way it hurts women it can prevent them from succeeding and so i just want to address it and speak about it in sort of a kind way where we can get supportive men involved and help raise that consciousness and that awareness and help you know society sort of level up in that respect so we're not dealing like oh my god we could get so much more accomplished. We could be so much more efficient and productive, you know, if we're not having to deal with this other sort of nonsense that really is so, you know, not helpful. (laughs) Now, what I love about this, I mean, when I, I first saw and learned about the Unicorn Project, you actually, you know, dress as a unicorn. You're very sparkly, like you say, and you knew that people were going to judge you about this. And I, I love the fact that you had the courage to go out there you knew people were going to judge, but it also, you know, brought the awareness to your project. And you said, you know what? Forget you. I'm going to do this. I want to bring attention to my project. And I think it's, you know, for all people and just talking about that mindset and those limiting beliefs, just go out there and try something. Go out there and you know, give it. I know. Give it a shot. It's happening. It's happening. I can't hold Oh, perfect. Perfect. So right now, because you can't see it, she's put on her unicorn headband. And, you know, like you said, you knew that it was going to garner attention. Was it going to be positive attention or negative attention? You didn't know, but it certainly focused a spotlight on you and what you're doing. And I love that for just all people, not even just women, but go out there, give it a shot, think outside of the box too, in terms of, you know, what you're doing in your business and then, you know, even personally. But I mean, you've made such a a splash, such a, a wave because everybody knows you as the unicorn. Yeah, I'm, um, spreading, I'm spreading pixie dust everywhere. Like that is happening, right? And listen, I knew when I did this, like I'm no fool. People are like, oh, Kyra, this is like career suicide. Like this is crazy. What are you doing? And I was like, no, I know exactly what I'm doing. I know how hard it is for people to accept difference, right? Whether that's a different skin color or a different sexual orientation or you know what? Maybe even a woman in a leadership position. I mean, I literally just spoke to Dr. Sherry Cooper on Monday, last Monday, and I'm going to interview her for my project in Cancun in two weeks. And she was just talking to me about how, you know, some men just couldn't stand the idea of having to report to her. Here she is, the chief economist, right, working at the bank. and some- Exactly. Dominion Lending Centers, right? Well, mm-hmm. she is now, but back in the day, she was, I think, at BMO or some other place. But, you know, she said, like, the men didn't even want to report into her, right, because she was a woman. Now, obviously, things are progressing. Things are changing. Things are getting better. But they can still get better, right? And I believe in shining a bright light on dark spaces, right? And it's not to make people bad and wrong, but just to recognize, listen, I'm challenging people to accept difference. Okay. I'm challenging them to do that. And the people who judge me, I think of them as the donkeys, kind of like that herd mentality. The people who really supported me from day one with this project, in my opinion, are true leaders in the space, right? Like the most successful people you can imagine were the ones saying, Kyra, 
we know what you're up to and you go girl like this is good we know what you're doing this is important you keep going and you know thank god for people like that right because listen they've done brave things in their life too that's how they got to where they are and they recognize it and they're more willing to embrace differences and embrace people daring greatly to quote Renee Brown <laughs> they see you right they see you and so i really want to promote this message of you know this kindness and this oneness in our humanity and i think leadership needs to move more in that direction i don't like this us against them i believe you know i believe in unity and i that's my message so i know there can be a, a perspective like oh you know Kara's after the men no i'm not after the men the men helped me get here i love the men every single one of you who helped me succeed thank you and made me stronger thank you and now i'm going to go out there and show other people how to channel their inner unicorn and get rid of those donkey ass beliefs so that they can really reach their full true potential. Cause that's what it's all about. Right. It's got one trip around the sun here. Like let's make the most of it. Let's make the most of it. And I'm going to get into, so you actually have some keys to success that we talked about and you're doing a keynote speech you've got a new keynote speech where you break it down for mortgage architects, I think next week. So what are the main points of this keynote speech? some steps that we can take, you know, to get your kind of uh, focus and, you know, living the brave life. Growing your bold, as I like to say. Yeah. And I have a couple different. Growing your bold. Okay. <laughs> Growing your bold. So I did a keynote last week for a women's group and that one was called Unicorn Confidence. And that's really about helping more women. Obviously, like I said, channel their inner unicorn, get rid of the donkey beliefs and go out there and be brave. The one I'm doing next week is called The Magical Life. And that's really more of a personal journey of basically all the terrible things that happened to Kyra in her life. But then how I was able to break out of a fear-based scarcity sort of mindset into a much more brave, abundant sort of going for it mindset. Because I didn't start out being this person. I didn't become this person until the birth of my first son, Jet. He's 15 now. So I've got 15 years under my belt of being brave. But prior to that, that's probably one of the most scared people you can imagine because I, you know, my mother was a very fearful person and I had her as my role model and I didn't see her walking through life with a lot of confidence. I didn't think I was a capable person until I was sort of forced to have to become a capable person. But then I really started to get brave because I kind of didn't really have a choice. And then the more brave I was, the more courageous steps I took, the more I realized like, wow, now this is becoming my new normal. You told me a couple of the things were some of the main points were like networking equals your net worth, firing negative people. You talked about your mom. I know you had a difficult upbringing. You didn't always see eye to eye with your parents. So firing negative people out of your life, you don't want to be a sponge for their negative emotions. And even including, like you said, whether it's who you're working with, whether it's family, you need to get rid of them and surrounding yourself with rock stars, kind of like you were saying, the mentors. And then the last thing I want to touch on that I loved, which will help people, I think personally, and it's so important that every day, you know, at work, you are excited, you're suiting up, you're showing up. You talked about grounding yourself every day, grounding your states. 
So what is it that you do? And I've actually taken on one of the things that you said, which was the the nighttime ritual. So tell us about the grounding, the states and what you do every day so that you know, you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. So I think a lot of people just kind of get caught up in life. They don't really sit back and create a life by design. They just get caught up in life and surviving in life. And what happens is instead of living life, life lives you. And that is not a powerful way to go through life, right? So the first thing you need to do is you need to make yourself a priority. And this is really hard for women, a lot of women, and especially if they're a mother, because a lot of women think, okay, now I've had children. And if I just don't give my entire life to my children, then I'm a bad mother somehow, which is a limiting belief. And as a corporate businesswoman, you know, buying cookies for the bake sale instead of like making them the night before. Like, of course, I've had all the criticism, all the stuff, blah, 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 blah. But you have to just not listen to any of that, you know? And so for me, I realized you have to make yourself a priority and you can tell who makes himself a priority and who doesn't almost just by just look around you, look at people, you know, and you'll see who's making themselves a priority and who's not. But how we feel on the inside affects absolutely everything, right? So, and we've got this, you know, donkey brain, as I call it, that's basically like a prehistoric brain that, you know, is always sort of generating these negative automatic fear things inside of us. And so knowing that we need to do things every day to ground ourselves and keep us in a positive state. And so, I mean, some of the things I do is like, obviously, like I exercise every morning because you want to do something physically, mentally. I read. I actually read in the morning and I write down key takeaways and I read about whatever it is I'm trying to grow on or improve on and have a ritual around that spiritual. So that's, I'll do like a little, like, and it's not even long, but like a five minute visualization sort of meditation. I recite sparkle, which is my, you know, unicorn code of conduct. And that helps me go out in life and live with higher consciousness and awareness and show up with more compassion for humanity. And that allows me to sort of like be my best self in the world too, because we can get caught up in other people's negative energy, right? You want that stuff to bounce off you. Right. But that's not going to happen unless your mind is like a muscle and you need to condition it, too, so that you can repel the bad stuff and keep yourself in a positive state. And then obviously I got a very special gratitude rock. I do gratitude. But at nighttime and most people don't do this. And I think it's really important is gratitude is important, but it's passive. Right. I do something called my small wins. These are my daily contributions. Three things I did well in a day, like three things I did and I did it really well. And I write them down because that's actually an active thing. And when you write down small wins, it makes you feel like you're progressing. It makes you feel like you're succeeding. And over time, if you do this consistently, it really actually helps you build your confidence, right? Because we get so wrapped up in our day that sometimes we actually forget the strides we're making along the way. And oftentimes when we get there, we're so focused on the next thing we're trying to accomplish, we don't even really take time to be like, hey man, like I did that, right? So great way to really sow those seeds of success to yourself, even if they're just the little wins, like you said, you know, you can, you can certainly grow from that and and feed off that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So start your day with a gratitude, puts you in a positive space and then end your day with like, Hey man, this is what I accomplished. Like, you know, pat yourself on the back. And I always have, I have a little happiness is book and I write down the happiest moment of the day. It's usually something one of my sons said or did, and it's always something really like cute. But when I do that, like, I mean, I go to bed, I feel so happy. Like, Oh my God, that was so adorable. Like, and you just feel 
like you just feel great, right? And that's what you want. You want to feel great because you can't go out there and do great things in life if you're not really feeling great, or at least it won't last. Yeah. Well, I just, I love those tips. I'm the same, you know, every morning I definitely do my meditation and some exercise. I've got to get my juices flowing for a a day of work and just feeling happy, right? Because, you know, exercise and meditation gives you the happiness juice, which is going to set you up for the day, which is great. So Kyra, I want to say thanks so much for talking to me today. You are such an inspiration. You gave us so many great things. I love the growing your bold. I want people to go out and grow their bold, live the best and sparkle and live the best life. Think outside the box, you know, and just go for it. And don't let those limiting beliefs sabotage what you want, where you want to get to. And I think that your story is great. And I look forward to seeing you at upcoming industry events. So thank you so much, Kyra. And thanks everybody with I Love Mortgage Brokering for listening. Wishing you an absolutely wonderful week. Thanks, everybody. Hey, bye. Hey, Broker Nation. Thanks for checking out this episode with Jordan Thompson and Kyra Wong. Kyra is, as you can tell, a very positive, energetic person and has a massive growth mindset. I love that she's not only about making herself better, but her community and the people around her. This was a fantastic interview. Thanks again to our sponsor, Finmo, for helping us put these podcasts out for you guys. Finmo is Canada's fastest growing mortgage origination platform. This is according to Phylogix. And a couple of quick things that I love about Finmo. First, that app is designed specifically with the borrower in mind, makes it super easy for them to use. It's intelligent. This reduces friction in the mortgage process. Nobody likes friction in the mortgage process. Second, they make document collection really easy and the application's intelligent so that depending on how they fill it out, they'll actually get sent a list of documents that they would typically need based on their responses in the application. And then finally, is they understand that we mortgage brokers, we all like to run things a little differently. And they've integrated their app with Zapier, which means that you can literally connect Finmo to almost anything. So check out Finmo, sign up for a free trial. They got fantastic support. Finmo is the skip the dishes of the mortgage industry.